Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kale Smith. Joining me this week is Tyler Scruggs from everywhere, I guess. I, I am everywhere. Thanks for uh, being specific in the intro. Thanks for having me yet again. I love being here on the Youth Critic. Thank you. Um, and Tyler, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about the 2020 film Nomadland, directed by uh, Chloe Zhao and starring Frances McDormand. You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I know. And they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. And a bunch of real nomads. Yes. And David Strayhorn. And David Strayon in a in a supporting role. Um, fine job. I mean, I guess we can get straight into it if we want to get to my critiques. Uh, but I guess I I've been talking a lot during the pre-roll. But what did you think of Nomadland? Oh, I I loved it. Um, you know, I was trying to keep my expectations low because everyone in our discourse everyone that has seen it everyone that was able to get a screener for it uh either through festival or through their critic uh circle everyone has seen it and has just like praised it put it on a mountain everything i mean they have talked about it to the high mountains i mean it is this year's parasite if there is one to compare to um and for me, I still came out loving it. Like it just, it took me a little while to get in the vibe, of course, because it is, you know, it is just slice of life. But on top, but for real, I feel like Chloe Zhao has figured out how to marry that narrative structure with slice of life and do it even more impressively, do it in a way where it still feels documentarian and it's still is interviewing people, actual nomads, interviewing actual real living people and not just actors. Only two actors are in this movie. Yeah, it's uh, really fascinating um, because it's not the first time that she's done it. We were talking about how neither of us have seen the writer, but I do know that it's uh the protagonist of that film like is very much playing a version of himself um and it's a lot of no-name first-time actors who are playing um i mean 
not even particularly stylized versions of themselves. Uh, I don't, uh, I, I think one of the things that uh, intrigues me most, actually given like how I saw the film, you know, just like at home on Hulu was what you were talking about, just sort of like this uh, very drawn out, uh, like a COVID um, awards season, like rollout in the sense that like, there are some people who have who saw this movie a long time ago. This movie got a IMAX theatrical run, uh, mm. which I was kind of curious about. Like I didn't have access to an IMAX theater to see it, um, but because IMAX was sort of advertising the film themselves and it had its own run, like I couldn't help but think of like how much I may have enjoyed the film in an IMAX theater um, and I don't know if I would have liked it as much um, I I think I, I guess to clarify I did really enjoy this movie like it uh, it's it's very good but it struck a very um, personal deep chord with me like I found the film harrowing and not depressing but uh a lot to digest really like in terms of Frances McDormand's character Fran's like autonomy in her situation and I I you know I like I'm definitely slowing it the conversation down no, no, to no, a halt but like but I uh like it just led to so many questions and so many concerns um about the state of the world because i think what nomadland is is like a it it is a very 21st century american frontiersman like pioneer film like like i do feel the americana sentiment but it was one of the first times where like I was really watching the Americana sentiment and it's like Arizonan beauty, uh, like doused with this like capitalist weight of like, you know, this van is all she has and it's kind of all that she wants or it's all that she feels like she can handle. Um, and you know, like, I think it's something that can resonate with younger people who are not as location dependent as generations past. Like, you know, you introduced me as from everywhere. And I'm, you know, something of a nomad myself, like I, you know, I've moved around a lot. And I've lived in, you know, six states in the last six or seven years, like it's, it's hard to really plant roots down in America and you end up becoming envious of the people who can. Um, and, uh, you know, you're among the people who can't. So it was, it was a very, like, it was a tough movie to watch, especially opened 
at an amateur like that like really set the vibe for me what did you think of that had you i had never seen that on film before wait well sorry you cut out at the very end what would you describing um the uh the opening amazon distribution job sequence or like just the fact that like a sizable chunk of this film was shot in an Amazon distribution facility. It's a shock to me, but to so to pull the curtain around a little bit, I do sure. deliver. I do deliver to I do deliver food to Amazon every now and then. Mm -hmm. And the way they do have it set up from what I've seen is very, very much how it is like the single file line. We go through the rules. I mean, I've seen people go through it's a whole not an ordeal, but a routine yeah. of, you know, like and you see a lot of that in Nomadland of like that routine of going back and forth and of course it, it it's for the guys of, of safety but um but you can tell it's very much you know but from from her standpoint of view it's very confining mm -hmm. and to me that's how i kind of read the whole amazon of it all it's like you know yes that's sure to some extent that's a that was a good that was someone's good idea to create all these jobs these warehouse jobs around the world but it really just kind of signifies more or less the the growing pro the growing kind of the growing capitalist problem of america the growing you know holding the country back from you know, growing, holding, you know, citizens back from growing. And, and yeah. And to, to kind of look at Nomad Land, it's to look at the fallacies of, of America in post, in post 9-11 slash post Iraq war, past recession, post, you know, a lot of these yeah. events that we've experienced in these last two decades. I'm, you know, so Nomadland, I think for Chloe's out, it's a portrait. This is a portrait of what's happened in, an, in America with the closing of steel, steel companies and the closing of, you know, especially the one in, what's the town? I, I forgot what it's called. It's like Empire, no, Empire Town. Mm. So the closing of the empire steel mill and that affecting everyone you know it's like it's these like this is the fallacy of you know of of capitalism is that if it fails then everyone has to go back on the road everyone has to become a nomad everyone has to become a frontier you know everyone has to go back to the frontier and find new shelter because yeah. you know the thing about that, you know, that especially in, no, I'll save that for the end, but what I'm getting at is you see like how they were living and you see how Fern was living with her husband and how she planted her roots in this, you know, place, you know, trying to build and it failed her. It wasn't her fault. Not, you know, it, nothing sh about that, you know, situation was her fault or her husband's or anyone's it just failed mm -hmm. 
and to me, I feel like that's what's at the heart of Chloe Zhao's film is that at the end of the day, these structures will fail and they will not, and, and they, they won't provide for anymore. They're just like, like they're kind of like life. They have their own life cycles. Yeah. And they will not provide for you. And someday they won't provide for you anymore. No, and I think that that's... Um, and there's I, my rant. No, that, like that's... I, I think a portrait is a great way of putting it where um, it's less about... I think we can look at Chloe Zhao's technical skill in the sense that she knows how to uh, draw that line, so to speak, uh, between uh, reality and um, stylized storytelling. Um, she, you know, the film is, the film never has to compromise beauty for authenticity. Um, it remains beautiful throughout. And I'd like on the capitalism point, I don't know what she was at. Like, I'm not sure if there was actually something to take away from the film apart from simply the equation that led to the circumstances as you described. Like, I think a lot of I, I think Fran as a character doesn't think of herself, you know, as a victim, but is clearly um, sympathized with by many of the characters throughout the film, like the ones offering her shelter and a home um, while she very much feels like she has to go on this road alone. Um, to the point where you know she does like it it doesn't the film doesn't apologize or try to make nice of her decisions um and they are at the end of the day her decisions but i think that they are uh they're thought out in such a way where she's she imagines herself in this corner and that corner is designed by a lot of, uh, you know, by our American ideals and by the necessities of late stage capitalism. Um, it's 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 uh, it's it's a hard watch, and maybe that's not the sentiment everyone took away from it. But for me, I. I smiled, I laughed, like there were great moments in it, but watching it very much reminded me of how close any one person is to that sort of circumstance and how close we are as a society to like, not validate that circumstance because that livelihood that life is valid that livelihood is valid i'm not trying to take away 
um anyone's like autonomy and I don't think and the choices. movie condemns it so the and the movie doesn't condemn it so I'm not I'm not looking to myself um it's just not what was sold to us Nomadland may be a particular realistic portrait of American life but it's definitely not American life that we've come to know or expect right and and on top of that you don't I never feel like these people like Linda May and Swanky and Bob are ever exploited I don't feel like they're exploited for um for you know to get you know to get people to tear up or to get people feeling for them you just get a sense of where they came from how they are and by the end you feel the loss of you know of one of their own by the end yeah and and that's that's tough like uh, and I mean, of course, the film kind of has to have that like drama in it. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's just hard to take in. It's too relatable. It's too real uh, to really call it like entertainment. Like, I, like, Take me back to Tom and Jerry. Like I, I want to go home. No, don't um, take me back to Tom and Jerry. <laughs> um, but no. like I, it was a it was a very pretty film. I am curious about like its impact, if if any. I don't I don't think it's gonna have much of it. I, I think it's gonna be an awards darling, um, but I don't think it's gonna change things. And so it makes it i i kind of want to shrug Um, i mean we're one year post parasite and the most that movie has done is made more people kind of open up about politics maybe 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 not maybe i'm giving too much credit um no well i mean i think of when i think of like mainstream uh influence of parasite i think of like any chrissy teigen tweet and how like you hold it up against like any uh parasite screenshot um and like a long story short just like the rich people continue to be particularly tone deaf to um the needs of the working class and uh lower classes because i you know is working class a nomadland life like is the is it it's more like the gig economy it's more like taking transient ob jobs to you know make some ends meet and i think it's awful that amazon exploits that sort of uh vulnerability especially i don't know if you're familiar with like the camper force um amazon uh program so no go ahead the the film is partially based on this program like it's the one that linda may uh used um where amazon essentially owns campsites 
that you are allowed to live on in exchange for working full time for them. So like, like your, your rent is like $200 a month in the camper, but uh, that's like subsidized based on your employment at an Amazon fulfillment center. And these are like all over the country where like, if you have a camper and the willingness to like get a job at Amazon, you can just hop in go to a campsite, work at Amazon. And then if you want to move on, you can, but um, there are all sorts of little loopholes and stipulations and. As there um, always is. Yeah. yeah well, and, and like, just like just limited quantities. So I like what kind of ends up happening from what I understand is you end up stuck where you can't, you don't make enough for upwards mobility. Um, but. you also can't easily as uh you'd like and so you're you end up stuck in tennessee or philadelphia or something at an rv campsite working at an amazon fulfillment center for minimum wage um and and like these are like elderly people like you know these are six you know 60 plus year old people doing these jobs um you know, packaging your dog playpen or something. Be done. I don't know. You know. Yeah, it's it's you. You just feel really stuck. And I and I, if there's anything to criticize Nomadland for, it's it's the lack of how it illustrated how stuck Fran really was, um, and how stuck by own sort of part of it was like her own it like inability to accept the love and help that she like deserved in my opinion um but also like the film doesn't it doesn't condemn her actions and therefore it could act as a function of oh like you know women past you know women in their 40s and 50s 60s etc like want this life and they you know this is like a life to live laugh love idealize <laughs> do you get that sentiment at all for nomadland maybe but it's not intentional i don't think I don't think it's, and I don't think it's trying, and I don't, I think the reason I don't want to condemn Fern is because the movie knows that she is in a way enabling a system by continuing this kind of cycle of, you know, moving and cycle of just odd gigs and just trying to work at, you know, Amazon. So I think the movie kind of paints Fern as a tragedy because her whole life is consumed by, you know, either moving, being in this truck or van, sorry, uh, in this van, and then, you know, and then circle, and then, you know, going back to Amazon when she needs to, you know, pay something back off. It's, you know, 
it's it's not trying to condemn her because I think it understands the tragedy of being stuck in this cycle. Now, is it romanticizing it? Um, maybe because I mean it's very beautiful to live in these places. I mean, yeah. I mean, this the you know stunning cinematography makes it look you know romanticized. Yeah, is it like an Instagram tiny house version of like pro capitalist propaganda, or is it a warning sign? Yeah, or a cautionary tale for a future that you know we'll all soon inhabit, where nothing is ours jobs are fleeting and they come and go and and they come and go and your home is whatever you can afford to repair um yeah i don't know i i mean it's i'm a little removed from the film i haven't I, i mean it's been maybe a week since i've seen it um it's been about three weeks I think. but i have like yeah i kind of have a more bummer look on it than i did when i watched it um but i think that's more the movie than me like it's i don't think the movie sought to make me happy at the end were you happy at the end of nomadland no no of course not and i think because this is hers. It's it's just because you know she goes back to Empire at the very end to see what little bit of paradise she did have. Like mm-hmm. yes, yeah, she was stuck in you know not necessarily the campground thing or the camp thing you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, but she's kind of stuck in this like you know town that was basically that has all these like you know propped up homes. These like standard you know here's your you know basically startup home for working here and all she had you know that wasn't that was different from everyone else was this picturesque view of empire or the you know the tail end of empire and so for her you know i do feel it brings everything full circle because she's, you know, she starts the movie leaving Empire, leaving stuff in her storage unit, and then she constantly keeps coming back because she's coming back to the things that she's lost because mm-hmm. that was her home. Like, you know, regardless of what these people were thinking when they closed down the steel mills, whether if it, they had good intentions or bad intentions or whatever, it affected her and her husband to such an extent to where, and to all of those people, to where now they have nothing. And they can't, they couldn't even, you know, they probably, I don't remember my the details are vague, but you know, I, think they couldn't even sell their homes because the value of empire just went down like nothing it was just 
Yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, uh, I don't think um, Nomadland, I mean, it is meant to not, it's meant to inform you, but I don't think you're supposed to leave in a bleak matter. Like, I don't think, like, Cherry is a movie that's put, that leaves you feeling like shit. Yeah. Whereas I think Nomadland, it wanted to take you into this world of Nomadland and it wanted you to understand where these people were coming from it wanted to because i think i think the problem that you know i think america kind of has is realizing that there is a class disparity realizing that there is this problem in america that you know it's the it's the idea that america kind of is in denial and I think some of the middle and upper classes are in the most denial about it because they don't realize how bad, because they can, because like the, you know, talking that back porch where it's like, you know, you know, man, everything was just, you know, bad when I, you know, was buying up, you know, mortgages or whatnot. And then things are picking back up again. It's like, you know, it's like America just, again, I think Nomadland is very much about America in a cycle. That it, it's in this like addicted, in almost like an addiction-like cycle. And I think that's where, and I think that's what Chloe Zhao is trying to paint. Everything is cyclical. Yeah. And we keep coming back. Um, that, yeah, I think that's really interesting I think I kind of understand it on a deeper level now uh, in the sense that I sort of understand the subjects that Chloe Zhao takes on. Um, Like I can see her being fascinated by Nomadland. and that world and being able to take that sort of third eye bird's eye view perspective of that cycle that you're describing and really be able to point out like where it is on that cycle and nomadland perhaps exists on the precipice of change and maybe we all kind of exist on that precipice of change right now where you know the clock has struck 10 o'clock and we've we can change the way that that cycle goes through or we can choose to allow that to uh follow through on its own trajectory and i think at the end of the day like what like i guess this is a question to pose to you is what what is what should we be taking away from Nomadland and how do we how do we keep this from simply being an Oscars contender movie and and then forgotten for next year's exactly when she you know when Chloe Zhao comes back again for Eternals so you Uh, said you didn't want to talk Eternals okay on this on this podcast but with that being said I cannot I, I I have I know I say this with like half the Marvel productions, but I do not know how on earth 
I don't know what a Chloe Zhao Marvel movie looks like at all. I don't know either. And I think that's the most exciting part about Eternals. And it's funny to me, we haven't seen anything. We not haven't a, seen a frame of that. We, uh, we know what the logo looks like. Uh, we don't know what the logo looks like. And I actually, I did see a photo from some the the 2022 calendar leaked <laughs> <All right. laughs> and oh, so no. we just got the just the cover of those illustrations that the one illustration for the cover of the uh calendar so maybe i'll order myself an eternals 2022 calendar just to just to have something to look forward to in fact if there's any movie that will define the year of our lord 2022 it's gonna be marvel's eternals it's not the eternals it's marvel's eternals Eternals. you know wait that movie's still coming out in 2021 right november 2nd or something i don't know yeah we'll see we'll see because fall's looking pretty heavy Fall's looking pretty heavy, and it seems like, Marvel, you've booked yourself. You've booked a lot of projects for fall 2021. I know. Like four TV shows and three movies. I'm sure they know what they're doing, but... I'm I'm sure they're figuring it out. I know, that Kevin Feige... I'm your most loyal fan, Marvel, and I'm getting pretty busy. Let I mean I I will admit that I'm just barely finishing the second season of Agent Carter, and that is that is Marvel That's Cinematic saying something. Universe. That's yeah. saying something. Did you ever watch Eternals? Tur- as a as a fan, did you ever watch uh, Inhumans? No, um, but in- I guess I I think I will after this podcast and just binge <laughs> the entire series. You know what? You missed your moment. You should have seen it. If you were a true fan, you you would have seen it in IMAX. I w- I I definitely wanted to. I don't I don't know what I'm kept kidding. Met last time, um, but ah, golly, that did not look good. And I don't look forward to my evening that I've just decided for myself. I'm so sorry. I'm going to binge. Marvel's Inhumans, not the Inhuman. Marvel's. <laughs> uh, I don't, oh. Yeah. Anyway, like I mean, the Marvel machine will be the Marvel machine, but I. But. Hey, she's doing Dracula. You could be or... an Amazon machine, too. You could either be an Amazon machine or you could be a Marvel machine. Or, That's the Nomadland. Or in Nomadland's case, you're a Hulu machine. Yeah, you could be a Hulu machine, but Hulu is just like, Hulu did you a favor. Hulu knows. It's like, oh, we know this movie's new. We know No Man Land is really new. Here, watch it. Watch it with your subscription. You know, among the King of the Hill reruns and the Deep Space Nine. And uh, Golden Girls reruns. And Golden Girls reruns. Exactly. Yeah, after this, after watching No Man Land, you should definitely watch an episode of the Golden Girls. And then I think that, that's I, that's a great palate cleanse. I think that that's a really good idea. Yeah, even um, though I don't know if a palate cleanse is a good idea. <laughs> to uh, 
I'm not too young for Nomadland, but I might be too young for Golden Girls, too old for Nomadland. I mean, I don't know how Frances McDormand did it. Like, I could not live in a van personally. I, my back would hurt. I don't know. I I, I don't never say you, never. One time I watched a YouTube video of a kid who lived in the Prius that he drove for Lyft in. And like, he's like a YouTuber who vlogs his journey and shows off how he made his bed in his little Prius. And as a Prius owner and a chronically unemployed individual, <laughs> I've always been very scared of that nomad land life <laughs> where I'm driving for Lyft. What and little do they know that my mattress is in the trunk of the car. Um, that should be Chloe's. No judgment. Yeah, Chloe's out. Call Chloe's out. I'm the subject of your next movie where I live in my 2008 Prius. And we don't even have to get movie drive stars. For Uber. We don't have to get movie stars. No, I, of course, I know you don't. You don't have to get. You don't have to get movie stars because I I will play my a uh, a stylized version of myself. Um, you know, Francis McDormand plays Fran, Tyler Scruggs plays Tan. Tan. <laughs> tan. I'm Good. Tan. I live in my Prius. And I'm four minutes away from the pickup location. <laughs> oh, perfect. My, pr- my prayers go out to every single one of you gig economy, Lyft drivers, Uber drivers, Postmates drivers, etc. DoorDash, yeah. DoorDash. I, I tip you as best as I can. And I love you with all my heart because you're just trying to get that payout the best part about those jobs are the same day payouts where it's like, okay, I'm going to do three or four deliveries and then I'm going to click a button and $30 is going to be in my account. And then, yeah. And then you buy food. Buy gas. F- food, gas, maybe a new mattress. Maybe a new, mat- maybe a new mattress for my, I don't know. Players. Yeah. Or you have to buy a, part for your car or something i don't know or a new headlight uh, i just bought new tires for my car so it better not need anything god jesus i had to do that last <laughs> month yeah that's Oof. uh it, it it rolls around like an atv now though i gotta say it, it well gee i it, hope it's, it's it's a bit of a tank prius Maybe I should start doing some <laughs> deliveries and maybe camping out of it or something. It's not a Prius. It's my camper. Anyway, yeah, that's my that's my spiel on Nomadland. It's a four yeah. out of, four out of five stars mm-hmm. for me. I I will own it on eight on Ultra HD Blu-ray. I guess if if that's the jam. I wonder if there's a six deal book that comes from it. Maybe a Criterion uh, eventually. Maybe a Criterion eventually. Although Criterion doesn't do 4K, so step up your game, Criterion. Yeah, Criterion's, I mean, I would 
as soon as I say step up your game criterion, they're going to be like, okay, all of your Blu-ray collection is now obsolete. Dang it. Dang it. I spent thousands of dollars with you hoes. I've spent so much money. I now have to live in my Prius. <laughs> with my criterion collection. That, that's exact. That's exactly my life. It's like I'm living in my Prius. I've got a fold out mattress. But you best believe I have got a shelf of Criterion Blu-rays. <laughs> so anytime anyone wants to come over to my uh, Prius camper and watch a Wes Anderson, I got you. Yeah, got or it. or Akira or uh, was it Akira Kurosawa? was like slipping the name a bit or we could watch godzilla together the old old one gojira yeah, absolutely we can watch it in hype for godzilla versus kong and then be oh, disappointed and then be you know hopefully this and then be disappointed that it's a two and a half hour movie <laughs> and not yeah. some yeah yeah, so my final thoughts on Nomadland is, I mean, I love what Chloe Zhao's doing. I think she's a great new addition in this kind of upcoming generation of filmmakers that we have. Um, and all I can think of is, man, if we didn't have COVID, we could have had Chloe Zhao releasing a Marvel movie and her potentially getting a best pit best directing oscar following it golly could you imagine i can't imagine that world and i'm glad that i don't live in it oh really oh okay wow we're alive i couldn't handle the discourse scale you have you you have to remember the discourse for every action there's an equal and an opposite reaction why they like what would why? Oh, would people just complain that Chloe Zhao is just, you know, taking over the world and they can't handle it? We can't exactly. handle we can't handle a Chinese woman, you know, criticizing America while working, you know, in probably the most capitalistic movie studio. <laughs> yeah, let her have her Disney. Yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. That's not even let a, her that be was a my... girl boss. <laughs> What do you have against uh, female directors, Kale? Oh. They can be capitalist overlords too. They can make. They can also make mediocre superhero movies. Yeah. Or you know, hey, you know, I Marvel's got some good ones. I I shouldn't. Yeah, I should not. You know, be I shouldn't beat them over the head. No, like, why would you be hard on the multi-billion-dollar conglomerate, Kale? Why, good like, point. Why would you? Uh, why would you not give them credit where credit is due? For they own everything. Oh. They already own your credit, Kale. So. Good luck they own that. my show. They, yeah, this is a Disney production, and they're very pissed. Uh. Well, that. Well, that doesn't. Explain. That's why. That's why you haven't been invited to the press junkets. Or Dang the set it. Visits. Oh no. You could have been you could have been with the colliders. 
you could have been with the nerdists you could have been with the uh the screen rants and the joe the, blows the joe blows uh, i just have to work out my beard again yeah but you joe blew it you uh <laughs> were too honest and too critical and um that was like one of the specific notes that they had the disney executives like oh he uh, i'm sorry i hated age of ultron or oh, back he in utilized critical thinking yeah they made wandavision just to get back at you they're like oh kale doesn't like age of ultron we're gonna revolve our show around age of ultron and then at the end of every episode we're gonna algorithmically recommend that kale watches age of ultron and shoot we may autoplay off. it that pisses me off more than anything. Well, I don't don't, wanna... don't mess with the mouse. Okay. Why not? What happened to Civil War? She Wanda is in like four, three or four other movies. Yeah, but it, their origin story was in Age of Ultron. Directed by everyone's favorite jo- Justice League and Buffy creator. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. Man, I hate that Joss Whedon. They should just cancel his show Firefly. There he did. <laughs> Justice is served. There he did. They probably will cancel the Nevers. It... Oh, that, that shows the never gonna air. It'll air. They spent too much money, but they probably won't do a season two. The never gonna get a season two HBO It'll, original. Yay. Oh, you know what's weird about you know, we'll save it for a post podcast, but you know, but yeah, um, yeah, you know what, Chloe's out. I'm happy for you. You know, I really oh, I'm am happy for her too. Yeah, and also, you're getting to direct a Western Dracula movie next. Oh yeah, I hope it doesn't suck. Gosh, I hope it's good. I I really would like to sink my teeth into a Dracula movie. I would love to watch. Yeah, you know what? I can't do better than that. <laughs> um, okay, so um, Tyler, where can the good people find you? Um, you can find me online tylerscruggs.com at tylerscruggs on twitter at scruggernaut on instagram and I'm now streaming live on twitch three days a week Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays at 2pm eastern so if uh, you want to get something done with me I'll be getting stuff done there Um, where are you online Kale? I am on twitter at moviekale and you can follow all of or find all of Tyler's links at the bottom of this page or in the p- description. So you can, you can, I'll, I'll add them all. It'll just be a page long. I'll just, oh. you know what? I'll just link everyone to your link tree and we'll. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's we'll what see. That's for. We'll see where that goes. Um, thanks. Thanks for clicking. Thanks for listening. And thanks for having me. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with Cherry, WandaVision. Uh, well, I probably, 
I think Chaos Walking opens next week. Really? That's heavy. Okay. All right. I know March. March is getting heavy. We got some heavy hitters. You know what? We'll actually save Cherry for the weekend after next because Cherry officially comes out on Apple on March 12th. So we'll save it for then. So for now, we'll just have uh, Raya. Okay. We'll talk about Raya, I guess. We'll talk about Disney. We'll talk about another Disney-owned film. I guess you'll get that $30 for Raya then, and I'll just use yeah. your password. Thanks. Appreciate it. Awesome. You're welcome. Great. Cool. I'll send just you kidding. my- I'll, I'll, get my, I'll get my own Raya. I'll get my own Raya listener. Don't sweat it. And you'll give me your password. Cool. And I'll give you the password. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you next week. Bye. Welcome to Badlands Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. Hey, Fern. Gotta make the hole bigger. (laughs) I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, What's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart. I'll see you again.